All right, so greetings, everybody. Uh, my name is Joe Henderson. I'm a faculty member in Environment and Society. This is a podcast that we've been doing for a couple of years now that we affectionately call the Bobcast. Um, it is a product of a class called Social 200, Social Issues. Um, in that class, we talk about kind of dominant social issues, contentious social issues in American society, but elsewhere around the world too, but primarily in, in this country. Um, students uh, at the beginning of the semester brainstorm all of the kind of big current social issues, and then we select um, the top 10 or so to do in like in-depth investigations of. Um, so, so the three students who are sitting here have been have been studying and analyzing homelessness and housing issues in the United States. We're going to talk about that for about half an hour. Um, I will introduce, they can introduce themselves actually in a minute. Um, and then every Thursday, we're going to be recording podcasts. So some of the issues coming up this semester, we're going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about abortion and uh, reproductive rights. Um, we're going to talk about corporate brand controversies. So I, I will say um, for myself, I, uh, I'm an anthropologist. I One of the things I study is why people disagree over contentious issues and how worldview and politics and ideology shape that. My area specifically is climate change. That's my area of expertise. Um, and I study the politics of climate change. So that's not a topic we're going to get into too much, but, um, but housing and homelessness is a huge issue. And so, um, so we'll go around. Um, why don't you guys, when you introduce yourselves, just say your name, your hometown, where you're from, uh, and what your major and minor is or what you do here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, hi, my name is Benjamin White. I am from Western New York. Um, my major is integrative studies. What year are you here? Uh, junior. Junior. Cool. Uh, hello, my name is Michael Stiber. I'm from uh, South Korea, New York. Uh, I'm a sophomore here at Paul Smith College, and my degree here is Park and Conservation Management. Cool. Hey guys, my name is Aiden Narcisse. Um, I'm from Jersey. My major is natural resource. Where, where in Jersey? Like Chester. I don't know how to explain it. It's, okay. It's different. This far. Nice. Okay. So, um, so, so, uh, you guys have been thinking and studying homelessness and housing issues for a while now. Um, where would you like to start? Let's uh, have a conversation. I would like to just begin like big topic as in, uh, would you say one of your biggest fears is being homeless? Fears of being homeless. One of my biggest fears of being homeless is not having a place to stay or like a source of income or food in general. That's a big scary fact for me in general like what if i can't sleep somewhere where there's warmth during a rainstorm it's gonna be cold it's gonna take a toll on your body in general and that's like a big fear for me well and you you grew up in a place like buffalo new york yeah where, where if you have if you have those kind of material realities it's going to be stressful right yeah for my parents it was very stressful uh my father was at like 25 had a blood clot towards his heart was put on disability for the rest of his life my mother had two major back surgeries in her life and is put on disability two years ago and still they have provided a house for me all my life so far and i'm thankful for that so do they, so, so do they, they get government benefits? Yeah, then? they get the stamp benefit for yeah. food stamps yeah. um, and some other benefits. Uh, 
Yeah. So one thing I would add to that, right, is that like if you know anything about American history, we have these social programs for exactly this reason. Yeah, right? that's because, a good thing. But yeah. they need to start like researching them more and start like updating them to help benefit the Society of America. As we take a look, Finland has a dollar housing program, which is really good yeah. to help out people in that situation. Yeah, we talked about in class the other day that Finland has mostly solved homelessness, not yeah. entirely, but mostly. Uh, the thing I'd like to ask you, though, Ben, is uh, for like where you are in Buffalo, I know it's like more of like a city, but like where you're located, is it more like a city like or is it just like do you live in just a like small neighborhood that has like 12 small, houses? Small neighborhood, but more of it is like a lot of people go through it. A lot of stuff goes through it. Where in Buffalo? North Park. North Park. Okay. It's and a nicer section, but so you're so Mike, you're from South Court, right? Yeah. Which is uh, which I actually know where that is. It's yeah. a Catskill area. Yeah. Um, have you encountered any homelessness there in a rural area? In like where I'm from, no, not really. But like if you go to like the town or like the big like city Oneana nearby, which is like 40 bits away, yeah. uh, you do see homelessness, but like not as popular. Like there's just like three people walking around, but you can't really tell they're homeless. Like homeless. Yeah. But um, like if you're like walking down the side of the like walking that sidewalk and you like hear them or like you're talking by them or talking beside them, you can tell just by the way they're like acting. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about is is like it's not actually always common to to see like if you just look at somebody, you may not know that they're homeless because they're living in their car or they're couch surfing right between between kind of temporary housing uh facilities or housing locations right and so you may not be able to know that somebody is struggling with housing just by looking at them right we have in our heads this vision of homeless as like people who live in camps under bridges or something right but like a lot of people are not in those kinds of situations either so but your original question was like are you ever afraid of being homeless yeah yeah like would you see it as being like one of the biggest things to be worrying about yeah. As you like grow older, like when you're younger, you may not worry, like worry about it, but like as you go older and like going to college or like whatever you do, like military, yeah, I don't know if you like see yourself like ever sitting on the street. What do you think? I think it's always something that's gonna go through every person's mind at some point. You think so? Yeah, like probably. Like has it been running through like yeah. yours? That always gets a thought in the head. You know, like if I do this, like, I might run out of money. I might become homeless. You know, or you yeah, know, if I don't do it, you know. Yeah, there is. I mean, that sense of if uh, in social science we call it precarity, right? That that like if you if you don't have a lot of money or if you if you um, if you lose your job, you can be like precarious very quickly. We were reading that article about the Samaritan House in Saranac Lake. There's a homeless shelter in Saranac Lake, and um, and the interview with the guy. What did he say? He was like, "I never expected to be here." Yeah, he. Right when he was working, he did construction all summer and ended up giving away his camper to a homeless man that was going to be in his shoes that he didn't even know yet. Yeah. And ended up, his boss didn't pay him the last week and ended up not being able to pay his, for his house. So he had to go to the Samaritan house. He had nowhere else to go. Yeah. And now he works at what the, the White Face Lodge. Oh, interesting. I didn't catch that part of the article. The, um, I can, I, I can tell you as like somebody who has children now, like I spend a lot of time like making sure that my kids have like a safe, warm roof over their head. It's expensive. Like I own a house. It's expensive. It's a lot of money to do 
like it is not cheap to own a house. The annual budget of a house is like three hundred thousand dollars. Depends where you live. But but yeah, I mean, you look at like expensive cities like San Francisco, right? Which is it's so funny to me. Like San Francisco is often like, oh, look at this like liberal progressive city of San Francisco, and it's utterly unaffordable unless you have a six figure job. And even then it's often unaffordable, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so like the cost of housing is a huge kind of like root cause for some of this stuff. Yeah. And like another thing is uh, some houses aren't just up for rent. Some are like, do you have to buy up straight or like. Yeah. There's, there's that. There's also like one of the big issues here in the Adirondacks is that the people who do have a lot of like second homes or something like that, they're, they're getting wrapped up in Airbnbs. Yeah. And so people are using them as a, as a, um, as an investment vehicle, which makes sense for them. But if you're trying to rent, right? If you're like, wrap your head around this. If you're a recent college graduate who has a lot of student loan debt and it's not getting paid much money because you're in an entry level job, like trying to find an apartment that is healthy, that has a landlord that actually cares about it, right? That's a huge stress. You guys will probably experience this stress soon. Yeah, I have an apartment in Saranac, and I almost pay like seven fifty. Is it a good apartment? It's really small. It's really it's small. Probably like a dorm plus another dorm next to each other. That's really it. And like, you're paying seven fifty a month. Yeah, we don't get the you know we don't get the heat with it either, so we got to do that separate. So it's interesting for getting the house up here, just an apartment yeah. or anything. How many my, people do you share with? Just my girlfriend. So, but yeah. <laughs> I um my parents rent up here. They sold their house when uh, after my brother died and and moved up here so they could be closer to us, and it was extremely hard to find an apartment for them. Yeah. And they're on like fixed income retirement salaries, right? Like they're doing okay. My dad has a pension, but like even then, it was really really hard to find a place to to live. And then you have all the issues that go along with that, right? Which is like businesses complain about not having enough people to work. So yeah. like housing. Is so related to so many other things. Yeah. So many houses being bought and just left. So I mean, there's no one really up here or to empty, jump into McDonald's. Empty second homes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you, you like, and you really do need a kind of middle class job to be able to afford a house. Yeah. yeah. So it's such a it's such a, a chicken and egg problem, right? Because if you're making minimum, we talked about this in class the other day. If you're making minimum wage, and you're scraping by, most people in this country are living paycheck to paycheck. So like, how do you actually save up money to to buy a house? You need to put down a down payment on a house, yeah. right? Uh, one of the things I always see with like my college friends, because some of them I have go to like uh, University of Albany, like they don't, the students there really don't like the dorms on campus. So they normally just go off campus, but that the cost off campus is normally like 1200, 1500. And they're always texting, hey, we need a roommate. And then They'll like do a roommate, frat, you know, yeah, like frat that. too. Like frat houses, like uh, SUNY Oneana as well. Yep. They have frat houses and like sororities, I believe. And uh, they always struggle with like payments because yeah. they have people leaving, people dropping out. Yeah. 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 Like, and that, that kind of, especially like temporary housing is, is, a, is a hard thing to do. So like for a landlord, they'd much rather have somebody who's going to be there long term. And students, I mean, you all know what students do to apartments and dorm rooms, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I was in college once. <laughs> I remember they those days. The no. Okay. So what's your, what's your next question? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, next thing I'd like to bring up is like, what's the biggest place you've seen that has the biggest like homelessness problem? Yeah. Like myself, uh, 
in the PowerPoint we, that we did, I brought up that I went to Las Vegas, and I've also been the Brooklyn negotiator of Brooklyn Nets game. And on our way down the highway in Brooklyn, there was people walking around with uh, cardboard signs saying, "Hey, we need money," but like our car, we didn't roll down the windows because we didn't want to just like conversate with them or like yeah. see what's going on. We should talk about that. We should actually we should talk about that. About do you give money to homeless people? Uh, or not? I was going to touch on that. Yeah, that so is a good question. Let's, let's not get to that yet. But that's a really interesting. We should yeah. talk about that. I think yeah. that's really interesting. You, uh, I got some. When I went to New York City with my friend Connor, he's from Long Island. I got to see a couple of homeless people on the sides of streets going through the Bronx, going to Brooklyn. And I ended up giving a whole lady a whole giant 10 piece of pizza because I felt bad. Like, I don't, it's hard to see someone in that state of decline just struggling. It's very a touchy subject to see. But I was glad that I gave her some food because I don't know the last time she ate. No one does except her. To bring up the next question, uh, why do you think people become homeless? And then one of the biggest things, like why people think are or why people think they become homeless is because they think they're lazy. That's like one of the biggest things I've heard about since uh, the stimulus checks came out. Like I've seen more people like I used to work in a phone factory and like they I've had like older co-workers so um they try to took not take advantage of it but they want to push towards like not working and like actually get through the uh stimulus checks but um which people, are now mostly gone right yeah we're not yeah. really doing we're not doing that anymore i don't yeah. think the i think they just had one though then they just pass out another one i don't think we've had another one i think, I think they that... were in talks with passing another one but i don't think yeah. it's been fully published yeah. yet but, but yeah it was depending on how bad the surge of Omicron went. But some of those checks, I mean, that's an interesting thing it to think about is that some, some of those checks, like it, it's that that stimulus package was one of the biggest anti-poverty bills ever passed in American history. Yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, one of the interesting things to think about is like you, you have, we talked about this the other day, like you have people working full-time jobs who can't afford yeah, basic even two jobs, yeah. or two jobs, which is increasingly common, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, in some ways, it's actually understandable that people would be like, yeah, like if you have a crappy job or you're not making much money, do people make much money in that place? Uh, for like when I started there and like the biggest talks where it was that everybody there was getting minimum wage and minimum wage at the time when I started, was, I believe, 1250. Yeah. But then when I was close to leaving the job, uh, the minimum wage was getting talked down in New York City about being up to 15, 14, such like that. So when I was planning to leave, they bumped up their payments to everybody in the factory 14. So yeah. like people have been there for more than like five years getting minimum wage. Yeah. And then they're just now getting increased. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's kind of understandable, right? That if you were given more money to, to stay home because you're in a pandemic, like why would you not take that? Yeah. Right. It's a agree or disagree with it. It makes sense that people would be like, well, yeah, I'm getting more money this way than, than this way. Why would I go to that crappy job? Right. I always feel like that's sneaky, though, you know, they're going to be like, oh, you know, $15 now, but then who knows, maybe the food's going to be more expensive or something else, you know? So I, I feel like it's just going to always stay equal. It's going to always going to be like, who knows? The, uh, um, I just keep coming back to something Ruth said in, in, in our social class last semester, which was, which was like, she's Australian. And in, in, Australian, in Australia, they have higher minimum wages. 
Yeah. And and like you can you can work at McDonald's and make twenty, twenty five dollars an yeah, hour. Yeah, they got a big time. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, how much is like the cost of like buildings there? Same. Same yeah. here. Oh, okay. They get it. People, pretty... people what, what happens though is that the people who own the businesses just don't make as much profit. Okay. And so the, the money goes to the workers instead of the bosses, if that makes sense. So okay. it's a it's a um but like poor wages are one of the reasons why it's hard to afford housing, right? So if you have housing prices going up and you have people not making a lot of money. Yes. Um, I heard a statistic that podcast I sent you guys the other day that there's like wrap your head around this. There are no states in the United States, zero, where you can work a minimum wage job and afford a two bedroom apartment for a family. Yeah, it's terrible. So no, like no, even, <laughs> even if you're working full time, like this, this working poor right, is the category. People who have a full time job. My dad worked multiple jobs when I was a kid. We were poor. We had a house. It was an okay house. It wasn't anything special. Mm -hmm. But my question yeah. for you, Aiden, like, do you like during breaks, like such like the three month breaks? Do you stay up here and pay mm -hmm. off the rent, or like do you go home and pay off the rent? So I do stay up here as much as I can. But at some point, you know, it is nice to go back home. But yeah, I do pay for it when I'm back at home as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part. Yeah, and I also have a dorm still at the school, so I'm still paying for both. So that's interesting. You have an abundance of housing. Yeah, I haven't gotten rid of it. Though. <laughs> well, yeah, in Paul Smith, they've made it uh, since clear that it was my year that they did it. No one can live off campus for the rest of like everyone that goes here cannot like live off campus unless it's like five minutes to 10 minutes away. I think Brighton yeah, is the farthest you can live off campus and still commute, which easy street and Gabriel's pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not that far, which is what's the thinking there. They want to keep people on campus for, Well, I think it's for the, probably the COVID situation going on right now. That's definitely what it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah they want our money. Yeah, because of the food planning, you know, all that yeah, stuff. If you stay is... at the dorm, you know, so it is very interesting. I'm yeah. just trying to add it. My college, uh, I went to Colgate for my undergrad, which is in central New York, and we couldn't live off campus until senior year. Really? Yeah. So they didn't. Um, but our campus was right in a town, and so most of the, oh, most yeah. of the seniors just lived in the, in the town. We were a little far from the town. <laughs> what year did you graduate, Colgate? 03. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, 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 it was a small kind of rural town and a lot of the apartments were college students. How was so, the pricing there? <laughs> did you always live on um, campus? I lived on campus because I was a poor kid. Yeah. And I got a lot of financial aid. And so for me, living off campus would have been more expensive. So I never did it. Yeah. Because I would have had to pay for that myself. And my family was never going to do that. That's one thing I'm thankful for, getting the opportunity of financial aid and New York State helping benefit me. So I could go to college and living in a poverty lifestyle with my family. Like I'm blessed to be here and yeah. learn yeah, this education. So, um, so here's a question then. Uh, well, actually, where, where do you want to go with it, Mike? Yeah. I was just saying, uh, we may have went over it or like went past it, but like, do you think there's a point of like the homeless people are lazy or not lazy, but like you don't see them pushing themselves to like, Actually, go get the That's job. A good question. Actually, go talk yeah. to a manager. I think and like actually get a job. I think it's half half because it depends on the person. Like I, I do see lazy people out there, 
where they just don't want to get the job, but there are some people that want to get that job, but they can't, they don't have the job won't let you like, it's just the job industry right now. It's very hard with COVID and all the regulations that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, you know, they, when they are homeless, some people don't grow up even not even having an ID or anything like any part of anything. So if they even try and walk in and try and get a job, it's way harder than any other you know, younger college student walking in. To get yeah, a I mean, job. often to like rent an apartment, you need to have like a credit score and, yeah, and like you know, driver's right. license and there's the, you know, just like, like birth certificates. Yeah, just anything. A big thing in the job industry that I've started to notice is the jobs are wanting you to be fully vaccinated with the vaccine mandate, which is hard for some people, such as homeless people, because they might not get the accessibility to go get yeah. those shots. They're making a pretty pretty good but uh yeah they're working on it but they like if you go to get your uh vaccine they normally have you bring in like documents yeah like, they uh, do birth certificate and such like that Maybe i think it's um all of these things are examples of like the stressors that are in people's lives external <laughs> stressors right if you it's just thoughts of probably what they're going through i think it's um I think it's hard to pull yourself up by your bootstraps if you don't have any boots, right? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Right and so it's like if you're if you were already financially stressed or disabled or we talk, I mean, one of the things that came up in class the other day, uh, Ed, Edgar, right, was talking about war. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he was lose your legs, you know. Well, yeah, or or mental illness, right? So like, there's a lot of of homeless veterans who have suffered, I mean, going to war is a traumatic experience and we should probably understand that more than we do. But like, so a lot of veterans really struggle with that stuff because they have PTSD. Um, mental illness is something that we haven't talked enough. We haven't really talked. We should talk about mental yeah. illness and, and the issues of that. Cause like there's a lot of undiagnosed or untreated mental illness yeah. that makes it difficult for people to hold down jobs, to hold down apartments. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like even themselves you know? yeah yeah and so like if your life is that stressful and painful i saw it with my brother right stressful painful life self-medicated with booze mm-hmm. it destroyed him after a while I and mean, yeah. ultimately it killed him but it's it's uh yeah, like it's one of the solutions to homelessness would be a functioning mental health care system yeah right sometimes yeah. it always could be you know some some of the homeless people do need someone to just straight up talk to because like yeah. some of the soldiers coming back you know they might not have bullet wounds they might not be missing stuff but they could be missing a lot inside and they just need someone to talk to and some people don't have that when they come back to war, or they're you know? or they've seen some really horrific things yeah. that, that kind of torment them because yeah got, maybe I've they got... don't want to go back home let's do a kind of wrap-up moment yeah here. so so what do you what do you What's your what's your kind of final question? Like in your hometown, how available is housing? Like hometown from here, how available is housing? Like, is there any apartments up for sale, or is everything bought out? It's not bought up, but it's hard to find an apartment that you can afford and just make sure that you can afford it on a yearly basis with a job, knowing that you're gonna have that job for the whole year. That's for Buffalo, right? Yeah, and any city in general, really. It's yeah. Jersey's all gone. <laughs> I don't think you can get anything in Jersey. It's crazy there right now. Jersey, <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, that's... yeah there's, there's nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, housing is expensive. Buffalo, interestingly, has had a bit of a revitalization in recent yeah, years. Yeah, it's getting really gentrified all over, yeah. such as Elmwood. It's uh, creeping. That's what it is. It starts North Park, South Buffalo. <laughs> everything's getting like more modernized, which is looking forward like that's a good thing to see 
But one of the things that it does is it pushes out people who can't afford to live in those neighborhoods True. anymore. Right? It's, yeah, like where well, that's I, what it's doing. It's pushing out those people and it's bringing in the rich. Yeah. Like where I live, uh, since the pandemic hit, I've started seeing like people I've never seen before. Yeah. They're moving to towns like Stanford, the closest town to me, started booming. And then, really? Yeah. I know Stanford. My wife yeah. is from Roxbury. Stanford, yeah. Roxbury is also booming right now. Yeah. Like there's so many stores opening up and yeah. then uh, they're buying up all the houses. And like I'm seeing houses houses be like split up and put to yeah. like two different apartments and then just sold to like families what type of stores well, are being put in such as like food and like markets or more like yeah. material uh, like one of the stores that i've seen what opened up was a cbd uh store another store i've seen uh open up or like one of the recent ones i've heard about closing was a uh what was it it was like a farmer's market or like some kind of like it's interesting tool workshop because they just couldn't afford it anymore so they just put everything up for sale like 75 percent off on literally everything like my uh friend bought um hunting cameras that were like priced 130 online but they were selling them for 20 because they just need to actually get their money back saranac lake i'll speak about saranac lake uh saranac lake we bought a house there it has gone up in the last four years, it has appreciated uh, over $150,000. Wow. And I have done, I have done nothing to that house. I mean, really? I, I haven't done nothing, but well, yeah, but, no but nothing to substantially change the price of the house that much. We didn't put a new kitchen. Yeah, no in, solar right? panels nothing or like nothing. That, right? um, that the, the real estate market in the Adirondacks is becoming really inflated because mostly from second homeowners buying up, coming out of the city. A lot of people buying land buying land but also buying home existing homes and so what that does is if you're a working class person in the adirondacks it's extremely expensive and not just that but but when you drive up the prices of land you drive up the taxes because now you're paying more of your of your money in taxes because the land is worth more right so you have people who are really scraping by on tax bills inequality in the park is growing so so the middle class in the adirondacks is is diminishing and that's making it harder and harder for people on the lower end to afford houses right so yeah. so you end up with like there is a homeless shelter in Saranac Lake not a place that you would normally think of but but like what does society do then for for people like that on the margins another problem seeing with towns is that since people are buying in the town and like if people have like a low income they can't really afford a car or like some places don't offer like Uber and such like that. I don't even so think they, they do came, Uber here, do they? Uh, Uber. They're starting to develop Uber on yeah, campus. Are they really? Yeah. Uber's expensive. Yeah, yeah gas I've too noticed nowadays. one thing, a lot more people are moving into Brighton and other areas out of Lake Plas and out of Saranac yeah. into the rural. Yeah, like Bloomingdale is yeah, actually having a little bit of a rebuild. Yeah, because people can't afford Blooming, to live. Blooming. <laughs> when we look at houses here, like my wife is a physician, like we can afford a decent house right and uh, which is funny because we both grew up poor i mean you know roxbury it's way yeah. crazy and uh, a house here compared to like buying a house in jersey we didn't even but we didn't even look house. yeah right we didn't even you... look for houses in placid i got a buddy from college who's trying to buy a house out of, outside of westchester right now small house two thousand two thousand square foot nine hundred thousand dollars i believe it and i was like dude you could just move upstate and buy like two houses for yeah. you can buy yeah. but you know jersey's that way yeah no it's definitely definitely that way 
so much of this is about the cost of housing and people housing. not having enough money and then those stressors kind of pushing on them right and it's not just i think there's a misconception that it's just an urban thing but yeah. it's a rural thing it's a homelessness in the suburbs is a yeah. thing every day it all comes thing. it all comes together yeah you know, like the thing in Texas, you know, all the houses are, you know, they're so cheap, you know, they're nice, beautiful houses, but not a lot of jobs, you don't get a lot, unless you want to be a farmer and you want to do some farm stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not as crazy compared to Jersey where you can have so many nice warehouses and, you know, there's places, you know, so it's, it's very tricky. It, it's a, it's a big reason that people move around too, right? It, yeah. They're moving around for, for work and for homes. Yeah. So you really um, got to pick yourself, you know? I think one of the things like to, to wrap this up, right? Like we, uh, everybody in our class is going to be thinking about like, how do we actually solve this problem? And it is useful to say that like places have solved this problem. Yeah. Certain like, places, you know, like have Europe, Finland, Finland, or they're trying. Denmark's trying. another good country. Yep. So cool. Uh, on a hopeful note, let's let's kind of leave it there. That like it is a problem. Actually, some of the problems that we talk about in this class are like intractable problems that like don't have like this is a hard problem, but there are actually solutions to it. There are. So exactly. the question is really just will we actually do them? So <laughs> that's always the question. That's good. So, cool. Thanks for the conversation, guys. Yep. We will uh, we, we we will we will push this out to the audience. Thanks, guys, Thank for you. tuning in. And Thanks listening. for listening. <laughs> yeah, nice. Thank you.